Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett. Hey, former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome into episode number 161 of the Hog Talk Podcast, live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I'm your Monday host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Porter Hayes, and we thank you, as always, for joining us. And if you are a first-time listener, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever form you're listening to. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen, we are there. And while you're there, if you could leave us a quick review and some star power, it really helps us get our name out there and reach more people. I want to let you guys know that the show is brought to you by Bet Online. The NBA and college basketball are in full swing, plus the big game is right around the corner. And whether it's team, player, or coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And you can also get involved virtually through the online casino that is always open. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to get started. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Zach Arns from the ESPN Afternoon Show, Ruskin and Zach, and we were happy to welcome his counterpart today. Now, this is mainly just a pity rose for you Bachelor fans. You know, he had said that uh, after Zach had been on on their show on Monday, he had uh, he, he had done a little griping about how nobody asked him to be on podcast. So here is Zach, or here is your uh, pity rose, Ruskin. Will you accept it? Uh, absolutely, but you you got to prepare people. After that intro with all those guests, the level of drop-off to get to me <laughs> on the podcast is uh, is quite jarring. That's so exactly be ready for that. That is exactly <laughs> what Zach said. <laughs> it's good to be with you guys. Yeah, it's good to have yes. you, man. Yeah, it definitely is. We always like to have our, our friends and partners from the ESPN Arkansas Hit That Line Network, which our podcast is proudly a part of. And so, yeah, definitely uh, glad to have you here, man. And We'll just get right into it. You know, what did you think about uh, – we'll start with the the big thing that's being talked about right now from the basketball game. Obviously, it was a tough loss at Oklahoma State, you know, right there at the end. And Connor Vanover's been getting a lot of flack. You know, I've definitely been pretty hard on him this year because I thought that – I know that you, you've mentioned some things too about him being a little soft in the paint and his lack of rebounding. But, man, you know, it's just really tough. I think Coach Must said it perfectly that you can't really just put it all on one play. No, that that's that's totally true. I mean, the game never really, rarely does it hinge on one play like that. And it's just to me, the the best player on the floor took over with in crunch time and won his team the game. And I, I don't know if there's necessarily any blame to go around on the Arkansas side because of that. That's just what happened with uh, with Cade Cunningham there in, in the last few minutes. So I didn't know if they would. Um, I mean, I, I thought it'd be a tight ball game. I didn't know if they'd win anyway, just because I feel, in spite of the uh, the SEC claiming a five four victory in this uh, challenge thing as a superior basketball conference, I still think the Big Twelve is a better basketball league than uh, than the SEC. So 
I thought it would be I, I thought it would be tough to go over there and get a win with all the emotion too in the building with it's the, the remember the ten game and of course all the uh, the Eddie Sutton stuff. Um, but um, they um, they played pretty well and just uh, weren't able to get it done at the end. And that's um, hey, they didn't get blown out by thirty. I guess that's uh, that's some level of progress. Yeah, that, that's what a lot of people are forgetting. This wasn't a trash team. This wasn't a bottom feeder of the of the Big Twelve. I mean, this was a game we knew they would have problems even before the season started. That coming into this game, going over to the Gabba or Alligator or whatever the name is of the stadium, I can't always get tongue time pronouncing it. But I was mentioning on the pod the last show that the fans sit right on top of you. So whether they got a thousand or four, I mean, they're right on top of you, and it, it's a home environment that it's always a tough place to play and you know the flag that Connor Vanover is getting I mean we're still talking about Connor Vanover how you know we're looking at it how he was playing two three weeks ago I mean he's actually stepped his game up that last game you've seen his just his footwork and what Lily can and getting block shots and yeah he was getting you know scored on in, in, in the paint but those guys are six eight two forty I mean they're they're supposed to do that even if you know he's seven three, but I mean he can only do so much with that body frame. Well, and yeah, or go ahead, Ruskin. Yeah. Well, well I, I, just, I was just going to say, on Vanover's side, I, I've just as long as I've been doing this, it's really hard to play for this school and be from this state because the expectations are totally unrealistic at times. Like you're going to get a Portis and a Gafford come through here where everybody knows, okay. Those are the best guys. But then it's like we expect everybody to be that, and it's just not that way. And so, I mean, it's it starts in high school all the way up when, uh, you know, there's articles and articles written about um, in-state talent, especially that's interested in going to play for the Razorbacks in either of the big sports, really, football or men's basketball. And it's just – it's it's a hype machine that just um, – Sometimes it's just too difficult to live up to, even if you're playing at your absolute best. Well, and Connor had nine points, four blocks, and three rebounds in the second half against Oklahoma State. And like you, like you guys were saying, I mean, in his and I, I saw this today. I just happened to be looking at uh, his his game log throughout the entire year, and that's that's the main part right there. Is in the paint overall this season, he's been very very soft, but he's also had 10 blocks in the last two games. So yeah, you look at it and it's like, well, he's doing what he's supposed to do. But like you said, Ruskin, I mean the the hype that just people put on these kids is just outrageous. I mean, um, you know, or if they don't, they don't make like you get a Kayvon Allen situation, a Malik Monk situation. They just completely trash this kid. I mean, they're these kids and you just see that so often. I mean, I saw it on Twitter. I don't know why I began to look at the cesspool of stuff that was on Twitter, but I think the thing that was just irritating me the most was that people just kept asking, why was that a called play? And coach Musselman was asked a pretty similar question right after the game. And he did touch on that. And here's what he had to say uh, when being asked about uh, what I think it was uh, Bob Holt that I'm about to play this, that asked this question, but here's what he had to say about that final shot. And then it looked like Connor got a pretty good look coming out of the timeout. Um, when you guys were down two. what'd you think of that look? And what was the, uh, what, what was the play call there? What was the strategy? Yeah, I thought he had a good look. We, you know, we knew that they would be, you know, draped over some of our other guys and, and uh, you know, their centers tried to kind of clog the lane up a little bit. And uh, I thought he got a good look. Um, obviously, against a zone, you can't dictate the shot as much as you can against a a uh, a man to man. But um, you know, we got to look with the guy who's a, a pretty good shooter for us, and 
um, you know, as in all sports, I mean, it, you can't just take the last play. I mean, it's a culmination of, you know, the first half. The second half, I, I thought we played good basketball. I thought we played good towards the last 10 minutes of the of the uh, first half as well. But, um, you know, tough loss. All that we heard after he transferred from Cal was, I, I don't even think that, I, I feel that I heard more about his three-point shooting than about his ability as a big man in the paint. There was plenty of people that had their concerns, and he has struggled shooting from, I want to say he's like nine out of 22 from three in SEC play, so not that great at all. But um, but overall, again, like we said, like Coach Must said, you can't just look at it from the final play of the game. You have to look at the overall. Just And, you know, Jalen Tate was one that I was really disappointed in. He's been playing pretty well lately. I think overall this year you've put him on the top guard of the team that we're playing, but he turned the ball over way too much, which that's been a problem. When you were thinking that it was going to be Oklahoma State, which they had more turnovers at the beginning of the game, you're like, okay, well, maybe this is going to be one of those where we take advantage of that. But really, and Coach Muss had also said that in his postgame presser, but Jalen just didn't have it. Yeah, and another thing we were talking about on the show all week is um, – they don't have a lot of these uh, these quad one win chances left. This was one of them yesterday, and they let it slip by. I think they have one quad one win this year, and it's at Auburn. And, um, you know, the, that only counts one through 30 at home, but one through 70 versus one through 75 on the road. And they've got, I think, four, maybe five more chances to get another one. And you just you, – you would like to see – uh, and maybe the new month will uh, will bring this as they get to some of those chances later in the month. But you'd like to see them get an opportunity like this and take advantage of it. And that's going to be something to help lock down an NCAA tournament spot for sure. Well, and we're talking about the cesspool on Twitter. I mean, could you imagine the fans if that shot goes in? I mean, Ruskin, you've covered the team. You've been a fan for a long time. I've lived in Arkansas my whole life, and so has Kyle. I mean, if if that shot goes in – I mean, they would, they would be calling him for the Naismith Trophy Award winner. Yes. You know, that's just how the, the fan base is. They're, they're, it's like they're bipolar. You know, it's they were coming off a three-game win streak, and, oh, we're back on the must bus. And, but yet they're hanging on saying it in, in the bus driver's ear, but yet they only got one hand on the bus, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's how it is um, anywhere where there is – I mean – Maybe not everywhere in the SEC because I, I think I really think there are some places that don't really care as much about basketball as the fans do here uh, in Arkansas. But I, I think this is the way that it is. I mean, it's it's living and dying, game to game, uh, reacting and overreacting. And uh, I always say that when they win, it feels like they're never going to lose again. And when they lose, the fans make it feel like they're never going to win again. And it's just that you, riding that. Uh, that roller coaster is just uh, part of the nature of the beast when you're uh, in a state like ours where really the uh, the only thing going on in the winter is uh, is Razorback basketball. Well, and, and talking about the negative things, you also got to mention the positives. I had said that I thought Moses Moody was going to go for 30 on last week's show. That did not happen. He really picked it up at the beginning of the second half. That's right about when Cade Cunningham started to pick it up. Ruskin, I was telling you before we started recording that, you know, like Cade Cunningham checks in three minutes into the game. And you're like, okay, I'm not quite sure he's ready to play a full – at least that's how I felt, was I'm not quite sure that he's ready to play a full game and completely take over. And thank God I did not put that on social media because the beginning of the second half, he just comes out and really starts – I mean, the whole second half, he played phenomenal. But our guys, Devo Davis – Devo's 
just really picked it up this year, has been an incredible player for us. Yes, he's made his freshman mistakes. You hated not to see Jalen Williams out there, another true freshman that's done a lot of good things for you. He was out with an injury. I don't really know his status at the moment. But Justin Smith, man, he clearly was not 100%, at least. That's the way that I took it and still came out there 18.7 rebounds. Had some had a few turnovers there. I know that he and Jalen both had four, so not good in that regard. But but yet, I, but yet his name wasn't mentioned. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't hear that. Time. You don't hear that because he had 18 and seven. That's a great point, Porter. Yeah, you don't hear about that. And so, uh, I, I mean, I think there's plenty to be excited about still. Looking at it from a positive perspective, I, I certainly think the next two games at home, Mississippi State on Tuesday night at 8, and then Texas A&M February 6th at 5 o'clock before you head to uh, to Kentucky on February 9th. Those are definitely gettable, and, and, I, and I completely agree with what Zach said on the show a couple weeks ago. I know that when he was on that we were also coming off a loss, but you know, 9-9 nine and nine is going to get you into the NCAA tournament. Now, you want to reach higher than that. I'm not saying that that's where you want to hit your peak, but you know, you're, what, four games away from that. I definitely think that even though our schedule, it was top-loaded there at the beginning after the Auburn game with the Bamas, LSUs, Missouris, I still think that there's a very good chance that they can still get those 9-10 to 10 wins. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. Um, it's it's difficult to go through some of these games on the schedule because they are – it's more important that you don't lose than you win, if that makes sense. Like a, like a Mississippi State or A&M, those are teams that you should beat, but these aren't exactly, you know, the sexiest top 25 matchups. So just – and as we get into February and the grind of – a basketball season is people hit the wall of all across it, players, coach, officials, everybody. It's, it's, it's hard to get that level that you need to be at to, uh, to be successful. I, I think they can do it, but um, I also um, wonder if we see one or two more clunkers uh, before it's all said and done, just because that's just the nature of this. It is really hard. We were talking to Mike neighbors about this, uh, about the, uh, and it's true with the men and the women, you just can't, be at that level every night. It's just not possible. Yeah, and I think the, the team overall, they're lacking just one guard to step up. I know Moody's doing his thing, but, I mean, this team was in a position to win the game. And mm-hmm. if, if you look at the, the mental laps and that turnover right there towards the end, they were in a position to g- take the lead, and if they don't travel and turn the ball over. So I think, you know, we're just lacking one or two people to really, you know, physically know when they have the ball in their hand, all right, I can handle this. We can take us to a last second shot and win the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I still kind of wonder about the late clock situation. Like who is that person going to be? Cause it's still kind of a bit of a mystery. Like you would think, okay, just get the ball to Moody and everybody get out of the way, but that's not the way it's gone down. Maybe that'll be something that he takes a little bit more ownership on as we go through the next uh, few weeks or so. But uh, yeah, there's going to be more close ball games, and I wonder who's going to be that individual to step up and, and take that big shot. Yeah, we still well, have not found that off that real quick. Go, go ahead. To, to piggyback off that real quick, you know, we Arkansas is not a team where like you see what Cade Cunningham did in the fourth quarter. We don't have that team that right. all right, we can mm-hmm. just turn it on in the fourth quarter and go. I think Moody needs to step it up, or somebody needs to come up and step it up in the second or third quarter. You, we're talking about the women's game. Look what they did in the third quarter to push that cushion out on a 12-0 run. If you have somebody like that, you have a couple of scores that can get you out to a, a, a 10, 13-point lead on the road. That way, if they do start to make a run to come back, you still have a little bit of cushion there. 
Yeah, no, that, that's that's a great point too. Is it's not all about the uh, the end. It's a the you got to look at this thing. And um, I always looked at it in, a, and I think Nolan used to do this, where you look at it kind of in four minute chunks between TV timeouts, and just kind of look at it section by section, and um, just kind of see how you materialize in these four minutes. What? How did we outscore them? Did we outscore them uh, in the next four minutes? You know, that kind of breakdown is something to look at too. Yeah, and so again, I, I do think that with these two games that are coming up, you've got a chance to. You guys brought up a great point there that I was going to say too is we don't have that closure. Last year it was Mason Jones. That's been mentioned plenty of times, but I think that you know with these with these two games, two of the lower teams in the SEC, Mississippi State and A and M, you know, again Moses really started to he he's seen we've seen those flashes particularly in Saturday games, and that's one of the reasons why I picked him that he was going to the pick for him to go for 30 because he's playing his former teammate, a guy that he knows really well, a guy that he wants to beat head-to-head. And uh, he's known him, I think, since like seventh or eighth grade, as the announcers told us about 30 million times. But, you know, we're in which we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a segment later. But, um, you know, we still just have to have that guy that, uh, that, that, that at the end of the game, you know, Chelsea Dungy is that for the women's team. You know, there's plenty of other great players around her, which we'll get into that here in just actually about 30 seconds. You know, Amber Ramirez, she steps up in mid-games against Baylor and UConn. I think she's shooting like 55% from three. So, you know, she's struggled this year. Part, part of that is because of injuries, but just that, that surrounding cast, you know, we, you've got a bunch of players around you. That's what the men's team has right now. You've got a bunch of talented guys that have put it together, I feel, a lot more so than we saw, you know, two to three weeks ago, but you just don't have that closure yet. And so, again, that's on February 2nd on, uh, what is that, uh, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on SEC Network, the Razorbacks tip at Bud Walton Arena against Mississippi State. And so some more positive talk here that we'll get into is the women's team, man. I think we're all still really – now, we're recording – right before the women play Auburn on a Sunday. So uh, we're mainly just going to continue to cover the the UConn game. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm kind of one of those that after about tw- – I've not necessarily got that 24-hour rule or 48-hour rule, whatever you want to call it, of where you – Think about a win, you celebrate it, and then you move on. And I said that to Coach Neighbors the last time he was on, the, right after they had beaten Baylor. He said, no, we're going to – and he even said it on the hog pod on his latest the one with uh, Bo Mattingly. You know, no, like I don't understand why people do that. And it really made me think about, you know, there is – you can still be excited about it throughout the entire season without overlooking other games. And so – this was a monumental win. Ruskin, I know you guys on your show have talked about different uh, – we've seen it on Twitter, different stats of – you know, the UConn hasn't lost this many games since X amount of time, or um, they, uh, what was it? They, uh, they've been in, they've been in the NCAA tournament like every year since like the 80s. They, uh, they've been to the Final Four the last 20 years. But the craziest one was that one that you said on Friday's show. It was from since 1993. They have not lost back to back games. That's right. just beyond phenomenal. That's almost as long as I've been alive. I'm, I'll be 31 next week. And that is that almost is, as long uh, as I've been alive. I think that's the Rebecca Lobo years too, which tells you how long ago that was. Because Rebecca Lobo hasn't played in a really long time. She's been, she's probably been on television uh, longer than she was uh, a player at this point. So yeah, that's uh, and also while we're recording, they're playing right now against a, a ranked DePaul team. Talking about UConn, so um, they're trying to avoid that skid. But yeah, it's it's. This type of game moves into that category of greatest Razorback moments in Fayetteville, I think. Most definitely. You look at 99 Tennessee football. You look at greatest moment, by the way, with a win 
because a lot of moments up here, like you think of the 91 UNLV game, they didn't win, or the 69 shootout, they didn't win. But this is the great Fayetteville moment with a win, like the, the Qualls dunk in 2014 over Kentucky. I mean, I put it right there with some of the, the biggest sporting events to ever occur at that school that led to an Arkansas win, at least in, in Fayetteville anyway. Yeah, and, and I think what people, like to me, I've my dad used to live in Connecticut, and he was living in Fairfield, Connecticut in 96 to 02. So I actually got to go watch UConn play Tennessee in stores back in 98, back when Gino and Pat Summit had the one of the most underrated rivalries to me in college sports. They and hated each I other. Look at, I look at it this. If this was a men's game, and if it was Duke, you know, coming into Fayetteville and Arkansas knocks them off, what would be the perception of all-time wins in Fayetteville? The, the, I compare UConn women's basketball to Alabama football. That, that's how dominant they are. And just because they haven't won it, but we forget, yeah, they ha- they've been to 12 Final Fours in a row. You know, they haven't won the national championship in a few years. But it's unbelievable. I mean, this, but here's another thing we're forgetting they've got two separate win streaks of 90 games or more. Oh, God. I mean, they went on in like a 92 oh. game win streak and a 100 win game streak. And I don't care. You know, if you're well, we play in the AAC or whatever conference. I mean, they're playing South Carolina, they're playing Stamper, they're playing Notre Dame, they're playing all these teams. So this to me is a game, and, and I posted my media path. This is a game I'll never forget because just I know the magnitude of what it meant to beat a team like UConn. One, because how many people before the game tipped off thought Arkansas really had a chance to win that game? It's not like Arkansas was ranked sixth. You know, UConn's ranked fourth. We know that this is going to be a back-and-forth game. When they scheduled the game, everybody's like, man, UConn's just going to come in. Kristen Williams and Paige Beckers are just going to come roll over Arkansas, and rightfully so because they just got beat by Georgia the game before. So I think that's what makes it more meaningful is this, this program's hungry for that win. They've got two top five wins this season alone. And to, to bring up another stat Coach Neighbor said about Arkansas, so now they've played every national champion since 2000 other than Notre Dame this year. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, and, and Ruskin, you know, you're talking about the 69 game that they lost and some great moments, um, you know, that they, they, some even that could have been better, like the 69 game, the 91 game with UNLV. And, uh, Porter, you talking about, you know, like comparing that to Alabama stuff, like I don't even know. I think that you have to put this in a class by yourself. I mean, I see what you were saying. I get your point. But, I mean, UConn women, it's kind of like Arkansas track and field. People don't think about how incredible that dynasty is, like the amount of national championships they've won, because they just – it doesn't get covered. Track and field just doesn't get covered except for the in the Olympics. But it's just like phenomenal what – I say – and I'm not trying to open up an entirely new can of worms, but – I, I say all the time that track and Arkansas track and field is arguably one of the greatest, maybe the greatest dynasty in the history of sports. And I would put this win against UConn not just as one of the greatest moments in Fayetteville. I'd put it one of the greatest moments in Arkansas sports in Arkansas Razorback sports history. I mean, just those stats that you guys just put out there. What was the final four again? Twelve straight final four. Twelve fours? in a row. I mean, yeah, where where, where that's four. the thing. Where where are you going to find that? I mean, I don't. I, I just don't see. 
I don't know. I, I just don't think that you'll find – I understand Alabama's been to all but one of the college football playoffs when you know, you're comparing sports here. But it almost makes me speechless. I was just thinking about all that they have done. You know, we've known it. We've seen it through all these years. You know, the great matchup that Geno and Pat had and all the, the rivalry with Muffet McGraw that, that, he, that Geno, you know, they didn't really care for each other very much. But – just throughout all these entire years, all of our entire lives, my entire life, it's been UConn, UConn and Tennessee, and then Baylor and South Carolina eventually came around. But I don't know, man. I, I definitely, I think that this is, you've got to argue that this could possibly be the biggest win. I, I don't know that you could say the biggest win because I know Arkansas basketball won a national championship. Arkansas football has a, has a national championship to their credit. But maybe excluding. I definitely put it at top five. You've like, got to. You I go think overall, you absolutely I have to. Top five. Yeah. Here, here is a uh, here's a big uh, side effect of this, an unintended consequence, I guess, is that if you're a fan, you see what has happened there in about four years, and the common reflex is, well, if we can do it in women's basketball, a sport that was nothing five years ago, n- nothing, it was totally irrelevant, then why can't it happen in? Two of the other, the, the two big revenue sports, football yep. and men's basketball. It, it gives you that, that it gives you hope. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it gives you, as a fan, it gives you hope because it's the same, as Sam Pittman said in that, uh, that video, uh, same school, it's the same logo. So, and maybe Arkansas is not going to be a perennial playoff team and probably not, but can they at least take a step where they can compete with the best and maybe every now and then beat them. And it gives you hope as a fan that, yeah, one day that could happen in any of the programs. Yeah, because a big thing we're not, we can say that is stack it up is the competition that Arkansas plays is just as dominant as the competition that the football team plays in the SEC West, the basketball team plays. So if Arkansas women's basketball can do that, beating Baylor and UConn and then still playing their SEC schedule against Texas A&M, South Carolina, Mississippi State. I mean, yeah, it could. It, there, there's a valid point that it can because it ain't like Arkansas is just skating through a weak conference or, or a no. non-competitive league. I mean, this th- with the surgeons this year, Tennessee and Georgia. I think this is one of the stacked, most stacked conferences that's come through the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm with you. It's uh, I mean, you couldn't say it better. It's it and. That was another thing that we talked about with Zach a couple weeks ago is you think about how hard it is to win the national championship in various sports across the SEC. You know, baseball, football has always been up there. Basketball has really taken a step up in the last few years. I tend to agree with you, Ruskin. I still think that the Big 12 is better overall. But, man, it might be the hardest in women's basketball. You think about South Carolina. You think about uh, who are some other ones. I know South Carolina would be the top one. Tennessee has really made a comeback. Kentucky's really good this year. And then, of course, Arkansas. You know, Coach Neighbors, it's talked about so much, went from being 14th, picked 14th your first year to preseason 14th. Your, the beginning of your fourth year. And now it's at that point where they have to just put it together in the SEC. They've got two massive wins. But, Porter, you've, you've stressed this time and time again. You've got to start winning those SEC matchups, the ones of the teams that are ranked ahead of you. And uh, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I still am at the point where I've said all season, you know, I think they're missing one more big. Uh, but when you shoot like that, the way that they did, that's another thing that we've talked about is their backcourt is – one of the best in the nation. And so when they shoot like that, they're really tough to beat. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to doubt this team. I haven't doubted them all year. 
but I, I don't know. I mean, I still I, I still think that they're at that point to where if they shoot lights out, they if they play up to that caliber, uh, that they can beat anybody in the country. As we've seen, two top five wins. I don't think anybody else has that on their resume. But the question is, is you know what can they do in SEC play moving forward um, with you know because there's a lot of size. Uh, what's the Aaliyah Boston, the girl from yep. uh, South Carolina, and uh, the girl from Kentucky. And so I, I'm. Ryan I know. I, I know Ryan Howard. I know that that's your pet peeve, Porter. I'm not good with names. I'm not good with names in a. Oh, in, you're fine. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. I mean, like like you said, Ruskin. It's um, it's perfect right now. Just the perfect scenario of an example that it doesn't matter if it's women's basketball or what sport it is. I mean, you know, Norm DeBrine built a really good baseball program. Dave Van Horn took it to the next level. Mike Anderson set a solid foundation with the basketball team. We're hoping that Coach Musselman can do that and. Sam Pittman just tried to uh, has tried to put something together, and he's at least built the foundation at this point. He's got that going, and so they just have to go up from there. And so that's just really what it boils down to. Just one quick tidbit: you got a guard there at Arkansas, Destiny Slocum, that's been all conference in the Big Ten or Maryland. I can't remember if it was Big Ten or ACC when Maryland when she played there, and then the Pac-12. And she said by far the SEC is tougher than both of those conferences. So you look at those conferences she's played in, she's played in a Pac-12 with a UCLA, Stanford, Washington, and Washington State, and she's realizing that it's it's a level above everything else. Well, and she went to the Final Four with Oregon State, right? Or are they? I know they went pretty deep in the tournament. I can't remember what happened. I, I want to say went, they at I least know. went to the Sweet 16 or later, yeah. but she's, she, either way, she's definitely, if there's anybody to ask, it's certainly her. Yeah. So no question about that. Well, we're up against a break, and then we will uh, talk a little bit more with uh, Ruskin when we get back. Let's take with us. We will be back in just one second. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com. Call us at 501-428-0877 or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Back on episode number 161 of the Hog Talk Podcast, Kyle Sutherland, Porter Hayes, Derek Ruskin with you. And Derek, I want to talk with you for a second. Um, you know, so like we had mentioned, we we joined up with the Hit That Line podcast network back in October. And I know you've been doing radio for quite some time. And you were with uh, Tommy Craft at the morning rush before John Neighbors took over and then now it's uh, Ty Richardson and Tommy Kraft. And so, you know, we've uh, built a pretty good friendship with Ty and Tommy and those guys. And I, I just wanted to get kind of a backstory of like how you got started with ESPN Arkansas and just your radio career. 
Well, the um, the first time um, I met with him was when he was starting the morning rush back in uh, 2006. And I was under contract at a TV station and I didn't think that I could just leave. Like I was 23 or four and didn't really know about contracts and stuff like that. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I put the card in the, his business card in the drawer and didn't think a lot about it ever again until 2008 when um, they were looking for a morning host again. And my contract at the TV station was running out. And so I called Tommy Kraft uh, with that business card that I still had in the drawer. And he was um, in typical Tommy Kraft fashion. He was in a meeting. He said he'd call me back. And he did. And so we, uh, we talked a little bit about it. And it turns out we were both going to be in Hoover, Alabama at SEC Media Days. And he was going to be there uh, on Radio Row. So he invited me, you know, come down and, um, and let's, uh, let's do an hour on Radio Row. And I said, okay. And I was there um, doing TV stuff, and I didn't have to be anywhere till after the morning show was over. So I went down and hung out with him on Radio Row. We got uh, Tommy Tuberville to uh, – how long ago this was. We got Tommy <laughs> Tuberville to speak with us live on the air when he was the Auburn coach. And I guess it went okay, and we had um, – dinner together and talked about things and you know a month later i uh, took over the morning show in august of 2008 with him yeah that's crazy how that works man you know i've been listening for a little bit when i was in san antonio i was there from 2017 to 2020 and uh you know i, I try to catch as much as i could now you know i know you get the live streams and all that but uh you know that was when i first heard of ruskin and zach i kept hearing about these the bad boys of arkansas radio and all these different because you know of course growing up and stuff um you know you were lo- randy rainwater and tom and uh, tommy smith and david basil you know like in central arkansas it's mainly not that espn doesn't have a presence there but it's typically since the radio stations there that's who people listen to and man you know that was my big after listening to you guys a little bit when we had zach on this summer and the, the previous couple of weeks ago I think I was waiting for just I, I was I guess I had an, under the impression that we were not regulated by the FCC, so I figured that he was going to take it a step further than some of the things that he says on you guys' show. But uh, you know, it was all good and stuff. But man, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's definitely been pretty entertaining. You know, I, that's you guys get me through my. I've got a forty-minute commute to work probably soon, and within the next year, I'll probably have about an hour and twenty if I move back to Central Arkansas. But you guys definitely get me through the day, or at least that that hour uh, that I have to go. Back back home after a long day of work well i appreciate you saying that our our approach is not not to get too philosophical here but you know it's not about the biggest guests or it's not about you know gimmicks or topics we try to i think of it as if you are in that car for an hour and 20 minutes do you want to hang out with these two guys and that's kind of the the vibe that we go for on uh on our show every day is that if you're stuck in your cube or you're in your car or or wherever you are and you've got some time to spend are you going to pick us or are you going to pick somebody else and um luckily it's uh it's worked out pretty well a lot of people have uh, chosen to spend time with us every afternoon and i've told zach this and i think what and i kind of compare your show to what the dan lambertard show does just just how their approach is you know in the especially in the hot take media era, 
if you're listening to sports radio all day, I, I have a job where I travel and I, I have a route and I'm driving all day and I listen to sports radio all day. It's five shows with two people giving the same exact takes all day long. And I think when your show comes on and, and you, you talk sports, but you talk about other things. I think it's a break from hearing the same thing over and over. And, and I know you have your own set of trolls that why don't you talk about sports? And But I, I think it's a really good mixture and it's entertaining. And when you have Coach Neighbors on, you say, well, he's been through this car wash all day. We're going to talk about top 10 lists and stuff. So I think it's really good that you do have that approach because, I mean, it mixes things up. Yeah, I, I I can't do a show like everybody else does. I just I can't I can't do it. So this is good, bad, or indifferent. The way it comes out is the way I know how to. It's the way that I know how to do it. Whether we do some sport and then on big sports days, obviously we spend more times when there's a coaching search or when there's a big win or a controversial loss. But most of the time, um, I mean, we've got all this free space to fill because you just. Neither of us really, I don't believe, have any interest in just doing straight sports for three consecutive hours, five days a week. I mean, it's just you got to take a break sometimes. And um, um, I mean, that's uh, that's just it's just been our approach. Well, and I was yesterday, I'm sure you saw the tweet from uh, Barstool, Oklahoma State, about uh, they said a very vulgar thing about uh, about Dixon Street. And I almost wanted to quote tweet that and say, wait, wait a second now. So Ruskin and Zach get put in Twitter jail for telling someone to put their head in a wood chipper. And I don't even know if those exact <laughs> words were used. But th- but you guys can sit here and say all this stuff. You can say this kind of junk. And as Zach pointed out, Twitter also has adult entertainment, as I am also told. And it's like, you know, I was going to quote tweet that, but I figured, you know, I was just kind of cliche, but no, it is, it's really great stuff, guys. If you haven't listened already, it's, it, it is, it's just one of those things where you guys, yeah, you talk some sports, but at the same time, I mean, you, you guys hit the nail right on the head. It's just kind of something as like a little bit of release. Like I, I've talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, this is your pity rose. I, I like the Bachelor. my girlfriend and I watched the bachelor and a big reason why I've watched that for about three, I started when Raven Gates, who is from Hoxie, she was on, and I've actually met her years and years ago. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I've gotten into it. The reason why I like it is because it is such trash TV that it's mindless <laughs> and I don't have to worry because, you know, sports in a way we like, we don't really make much money off this, but you know, it's not our, our everyday living, but still with how much, you know, we do two shows a week and we also got the, the social media, you know, Ruskin, you know how it is. You know, this, this is your full-time job. So after, every once in a while, you want to take a break from the cesspool that we mentioned was Twitter is Facebook and just be like, okay, at least my life is not like this. You know, girls hate guys, guys and girls alike both hate, um, you know, like if you're dating someone or if you're talking to someone, you don't want them talking to somebody else. Well, we get all eat up eating up about this show and i'm just as guilty of that clearly but it's just great to have that and i'm not saying you guys' radio show is mindless but at the end of the day sometimes you do want to just take a break from sports and just and just shoot the bull like guys in a bar it it, it sometimes it is mindless that's uh <laughs> that's totally fair but yeah i mean like uh like you said um it by the time we get on i mean what's left to be said that hasn't been mm-hmm. said already about what whatever else is going on so you have to be uh, different. You have to be. Uh, you have to be able to to shake things up and and give the listener something a little bit uh, original. Otherwise, you know, why are we uh, why are we doing this every day? So yeah, it's um, it's 
it, it's again, it's the only way I know how to do it is to be totally blunt, honest about sports opinions and then just, uh, you know, talk about our favorite desserts all in the same hour. That's what we can. That's what we do. <laughs> well, speaking of desserts and food, you know, you think of Ty Richardson and also catfishing him. That may be the greatest moment in Ruskin and oh Zach history. God. Speaking of the bachelor, we'll put it all together here. We'll put food bachelor and uh, all that, all that in one uh, piece here. Yeah, I mean, for those that missed it, uh, there was a girl, Madison uh, Pruitt, was her, her dad is an assistant for the Auburn basketball team, and she was actually my crush from that season as well, but Ty just took it to a whole nother level. And uh, so they, I figured that this was going to be, there had to be some kind of joke in there, but basically they got Ty to come up from Fort Smith to Fayetteville, and they were going to get Madison on the phone and ended up being Phil Elson. I mean, as, as beautiful as his voice is, <laughs> If I'm expecting Madison Pruitt, I think that's probably going to be one time where I'm not too happy to hear him. You know, the the funny thing about that is uh, I was off that week when Zach, that was a total Zach Arnes production all the way. I was on vacation that week, uh, spending time with my family, and I kind of, um, you know, I would check social media every now and then, and I saw something was happening. I'm like, what is he doing to this guy? What is happening? But I was, I was off that week, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the more legendary things we've, uh, we've done. Also when I made Zach eat pudding with his finger last year, yeah. uh, that was another, uh, I thought we were, I thought I was going to kill him. I, I thought he was going to die. Uh, so we had to stop it in the middle, but it was, uh, that was something else. That's the last time you could eat food with your fingers before, uh, you know, COVID struck and everything now you can't do that stuff anymore so ruskin you you spent 10 years with the the morning rush and kind of what what was the decision going into that to kind of all right step away from from the radio scene there for a little bit and then you know what gave you that itch to come back and and just start take us through the process of starting ruskin and zach okay well i i ended the i I left the morning show because i honestly that's a, a really difficult shift to work i mean you're up at 3 45 in the morning uh five days a week just when you think you get enough sleep the weekend happens and then you don't get enough sleep and it's it's really a really difficult grind uh and you do it when you're sick when you're uh well uh, all the time and honestly i i thought it'd been 10 years i don't really have anything else that i thought i needed to say and so um that was going to be the end of it and I left in March of uh, 2018, and then uh, in January of 2019, um, someone you mentioned um, earlier, Bo Mattingly, uh, left his afternoon show. And so uh, Tommy Kraft again uh, called me up and was like, look, um, if you want to do this, um, we want you to do it. So I was like, okay. And then um, other parties became involved and uh zach uh got paired with me and we went out and had a, a couple meals together and then so that's where we were going to to go there uh and we're developing this show going that's going to launch in march and it, it was this big this big secret they were they were so excited that nobody knew what was going to happen on march 11th on uh, espn 99.5 in northwest arkansas it's a big secret and um it was probably too big of a secret because we had advertisers asking well what what is this so they had Zach and I record a couple of fake uh, segments uh, before we went on, like uh, late February or something. And I- I'm, I'm so lucky to, that I've worked with people that I just instantly click with. I've worked with some people that I don't get along with either. But I, with Tommy and with Zach, I mean, it's just it, it's easy. 
to work with these guys. And we recorded that 10 minutes uh, talking about whatever it was, maybe Mike Anderson or something, just as a dummy segment. And we looked at each other and we we're like, well, this, this is probably going to work. And um, so far, it's, uh, it's worked out really well. Well, and I'll go on record and say, I, I, Porter knows about this, and the guys at the Hog Talk and Ruskin, you might know about it, but uh, I haven't really gone public with it, not for really any reason. I just haven't. But uh, about this time last year, I applied whenever neighbors went to the buzz and, and Ty uh, came to the morning show. I, I applied and interviewed. I was actually in San Antonio right before I moved back from San Antonio. And uh, I came up, I spent a day at the station, interviewed, and I'll be honest with you guys, I thought 100% that was my job to lose. I really did think I was going to get it. Turns out I obviously did not. Matt Jenkins got it. Matt Jenkins is a very good friend of mine, very good at what he does, loving the death. And we've actually done a couple of shows together. But Tommy, I bring all this up because Tommy could have just been like, well, man, you know, thank you for uh, interviewing and, you know, wish you the best of luck in the future. But, you know, he and I kept that relationship, which in turn I ended up joining up with the hog talk guys actually it was kind of crazy the morning that i got the rejection email it was not six hours later that uh jacob davis the founder of the hog talk ended up asking me to join i joined up with at the time what was just him porter ty and jacob and uh you know kept that relationship with ty and tommy and then here we are you know almost it was a year late i guess maybe eight months later and uh tommy asked us tommy and ty asked us to join uh the hit that line podcast network and so i say all that to say um First of all, that, you know, Tommy Kraft is first class all the way. I really appreciate all that he's done for me. I appreciate what he's done for the hog talk, for giving us these opportunities. But also, too, it just goes to show that you don't ever burn bridges. You know, I'll be honest, when I got that, just because I'm competitive, when I got that email, I was pissed, not at Tommy, but just at the situation. And But at the end of the day, uh, I knew that he was making a business decision, and he made a great one with the hire of Jenkins. And, uh, I just can't say enough about, you know, Tommy, I'm not, I'm not getting all sentimental here, but I can't say enough about just to hit that line in general and him, you know, I mean, he's just, uh, he's first class, not just, not just in his personal life, but professionally as well. Cause again, he could have just said, you know, best of luck to you and never paid any attention to me or the hog talk ever again. He, he is the best market sports radio marketing mind in Arkansas. And I'll, I'll put him up against anybody. And we, when I worked with him, we, we had one sports station in the group. Uh, by the time I left, we had three. So we had, uh, we've worked on some big projects uh, together, including uh, starting hitthatline.com. And I don't remember who named it, me or him or, or Andy Hodges, but somebody came up with that name while we were working on that project. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm not just doing the show, but just uh, a lot of stuff that we worked on either from the technical side, you know, getting in a truck and driving two hours to a tower site to look at a piece of equipment all, all the way to doing the show every day. Uh, it was, um, it, it was, he was not, it was hard to leave that relationship. And we've, we've done one show together since then. I had him fill in for Zach one day on, on the afternoon and, uh, people seem to uh, get a kick out of that. But, um, yeah, I, I've well, been really, I, I have I've been really lucky. that was like, that, that was like nostalgia and it was, you know, the, the, the meaning of you never quit learning how to ride a bike. When I heard y'all, do that together it was like listening to y'all 10 years ago it, it was so yeah. it just brought back a lot you know and that, that was really cool yeah well i get I, i'm i'm really lucky because i've it's been it's so easy to work with him um very rarely did he say hey don't do that i mean you get you get so much freedom there and then working with zach is really it's it's easy as well because we get in there and um it's just um it's there's no there's no egos there 
So it's uh, it's really easy to to work with with those two guys. So I kind of want to switch to his counterpart in Ty. I mean, y'all love <laughs> razzing him, and and it's like he's your little brother, in a sense of you love to razz on him. But I've also witnessed on air what it's like when you realize somebody else has come for him. So kind right, of, kind of talk about that. Well, he's he's a part of our uh, you know. We, want to say it he's, he's a part of our family he's on all of our uh, stations in the morning so it's the uh, it, it's the it's the same old thing that um, people say forever we can pick on him you can't you know and when another um someone from another organization uh takes shot at takes shots at him it's like whoa 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 wait a minute no 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 that's not how it works like we can pick on him because he's you know he's on our team but you don't get to pick on him that way that's 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 not how it works it's a, just like anything else, you know, with your, your family, or your, your teammates at work or uh, on your team or whatever. I mean, you can razz guys in the locker room, but if the other team starts picking on your guy, you know, everybody's going to be like, well, no, wait a minute. That's, that's not going to work here. Hold on a second. So, and I hope it comes off as all in good fun. Um, I don't know Ty really well, but I, I hope that uh, he um, understands that it's, um, it's just, it's just fun. And, and, he does make it so easy, though. I mean, some of the things he does, he just makes it so easy. He puts he it on the tee. Oh, man. Well, we'll wipe the tears away we'll from all say. these. Or go ahead, Porter. If you got one more thing, I'm going to go ahead and get another no, tissue here. But well, I was just yeah. going to say, we'll. Uh, yeah. I was going to switch over to the the hog. I mean, no, those are some great, you know, talk right here. I mean, definitely, we. I, I always want to take every chance that I get to uh, to express my gratitude for for Tommy for the entire hit that line network. Um, just you know, for the opportunities that they've given us, man. It's just uh, you know, especially in the last year, just a lot of great things have happened. So. Well, we'll go into our, our final segment, uh, the Hoghouse Non-Performer of the Week. Before we do here, i got to find this ad read, though, for Kansas City Steaks. For big games, you need big steaks, and Kansas City Steaks has the, the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. So visit kansascitysteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos. Perfect for game day, plus get free shipping when you put in code Believe BL. EAV at checkout. You can get snack pack combos featuring mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, and shrimp wrap, shrimp wrapped in bacon, and many more. So again, that's uh, that's KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use code believe BLEAV at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. So we're going to get into our hog house non-performer of the week here. That's uh, crickets. That's not the music that I was supposed to be playing. I'm messing up on the board here. So, guys, uh, as we we mentioned earlier about uh, how Moses Moody and uh, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Moses Moody and Cade Cunningham they lived together at Montverde. They roomed in the, uh, together when they were playing basketball at Mount Verde Academy. And on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whenever it was, uh, we kept hearing about Sharif Cooper. You know, Arkansas and Ole Miss. I was on Wednesday night. They're playing a basketball game, and you just continuously heard about how amazing Sharif Cooper is. Now, Porter, I thought that you and Ty brought up some good points on Friday's show about how they're really just trying to build up a guy for SEC Player of the Year. That's typical. You see that with football. and But, you know, we all got tired of hearing that. But it honestly got really creepy to me when they continuously talked about, yeah, okay, it's like, all right, sweet. They went to school together. They roomed together. But when you start talking about, like, waking up and looking at each other in the middle of the night <laughs> – Man, that's just some creepy yeah. stuff, man. Like, I mean, it, it, you you going into details like that, and then they just talked about it over and over again. They just beat this into the ground. So, 
I'm giving all – I know that the Wednesday night game was SEC Network and then the game against Oklahoma State was ESPN. But you know what? They're all part of ESPN. So I'm going to – I'm going to just kind of crap on their their uh, commentators right now just because – not that they were bad. I don't, I'm not saying that they were bad at analyzing things or anything like that, but just continuously talking about things, especially the Sharif Cooper thing. He's not even involved in the game. Yeah, it, it reminded me – it's funny, you know – it reminded me of that episode of SpongeBob SquarePants where he kept ripping his pants. He kept ripping his pants. And at first it was funny. At first it was cool. And about the 25th time, everybody's like, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. That, that's what it reminded me of because it was like, we're hearing about it in the first quarter, second quarter. Here's Cade. Here's Cade. Here's Cade. Like, so by the fourth quarter, when he really did actually start being good and, and taking over the game, I was just so fed up with it i didn't care I, like i said on the last show i won't care if he scores 40 it's like enough with it's like these guys get one name in their mouth and they're they just run with it it's like lazy reporting like justin smith had 18 points and he gets his name mentioned twice maybe uh, I guys i know a little bit about um game production and it's really um I don't like it when this happens because it tells me that you read one page of the game notes and that's what, that's what it seems like, you know, like it's, it's, it's lazy production. It's part of it is because these guys do so many games. They don't get a chance to fully prepare on both teams that, uh, that are playing in a game. Part of it's on ESPN for uh, making so few people do so many games. I think last week, Jimmy Dykes did two games in the same day. Um, So, I, I, I get annoyed by this stuff as well because – but I get annoyed at it from the perspective of you just didn't do your homework going in. And that's – your job is to know the names and know a little bit about at least more than one player. And, Ruskin, I wanted to ask you, it's like – so these guys might get their assignment on Wednesday. You're not traveling. You're, you're at home. You're doing Zoom meetings. So does that make it worse for them that they're not taking that time – that they're not traveling, they're doing Zoom meetings to really sit there and research on both teams that's coming up. I mean, it may be part of it. I'm sure they have a Zoom with uh, Eric Musselman uh, before the game to uh, to talk about uh, you know Arkansas storylines and stuff. But uh, it, it's, I think it is different this year because I know this has happened for a long time, but I think this is uh, it's different this year because it's um, you know I think they got guy's probably working too much uh so you can't put all your attention into preparing for a game when you've got uh you know two or three other ones you're working on at the same time yeah uh, i think you guys put it right i mean it's i i understand you know like like you said porter on the friday show that it's yeah you got to pump up your guys and all that but it comes to the point i mean that's that's a great point ruskin i didn't even think about about how you just don't really do your homework and then it's just continuous okay well uh there's not really much going on right now so we got to go back to pumping up this guy or doing that and it's been very very consistent with ray that's another thing that's consistent with razorback fans is uh they always feel like the announcers are out to get them Uh, i've noticed that too throughout the years and i've never I, i haven't gotten that vibe uh so much at least as much as it as as prevalent as it seems to be but uh yeah man hopefully we can uh, turn that around next week and then get uh, go back on our our winning ways and maybe they'll get to talking a little bit more about us i wouldn't mind that too much so uh but yeah that will uh, pretty much get it for today guys again uh ruskin really appreciate you coming on guys you can catch ruskin and zach every day it's three to seven right i think it's 
That's right. Okay. I always I always forget if it's three to six because I'm usually out of the truck by right before six. Um, so sometimes I get confused on if it's like a three or four hour one. But uh, but yeah, you can catch them on ESPN Arkansas. Uh, all the the podcast networks, of course, all their shows are put on uh, the website or wherever you listen to podcasts each day. And then I'm going to try to remember this. I, I did this off the top of my head when Zach was on. So you guys are, it's 96.3 Hot Springs in Central Arkansas. That's where I listen to it. 95.3 Fort Smith River Valley, 104.3 Harrison Mountain Home, and 99.5 NWA. Did I get 100? You got them. You got them all right. Sweet. You got them all. Awesome. Yeah. So catch them in, you know, Morning Rush from 6 to 9. Also, Halftime Pod, 11 to 1. And then Ruskin and Zach from 3 to 7. But, guys, it was a lot of fun. Again, Ruskin, really yes, appreciate sir. you coming on, man. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. It's fun. Well, that yes, will have a good one. That'll do it for episode number 161 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Guys, we thank you as always. And, again, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the pod anywhere you listen. We are there. But other than that, we'll catch you Friday. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.